Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We got a commercial building on fire. A groundbreaking series from Dick Wolf. Should I risk my life? Like, the answer is yes. L.A. Fire and Rescue, all new tonight at 9 on Global. Did not like that hit on Kyler Yamamoto and lands a clubbing right hand that fells Justin Hall. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Okay, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Yes, we are counting you down to an Elks game. It's coming up in 25 hours. They are in Regina to play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Our coverage on this station starts at 5.30 tomorrow afternoon. Countdown to kickoff with Brendan Escott. Game at 7 as these two teams play for the second time this season. And, of course, in uh, week one, the now infamous in Elks lore failed at three attempts from the one-yard line that probably would have won them the game. Instead, the Elks still looking for their first win of the season as they are now... Uh, just 4-18 and 18 in this tenure of Chris Jones as the head coach of the team. Saskatchewan coming in at 2-1. and one. They are on a bye week. Kind of weird here for the Elks. They played Ottawa coming off a bye week. They now play Saskatchewan coming off a bye week. And uh, the next week they will play Hamilton. Hamilton, by the way, uh, playing against Ottawa on Saturday. So quick notes there. We'll look uh, more into the Elks as we move along tonight. Of course, Hockey Talk 2 as Oilers Development Camp with a lot of the prospects continues at the Downtown Community Arena. I can also tell you this, 22 players going to salary arbitration in the National Hockey League, including Oilers forward Ryan McLeod. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Salary arbitration hearings are from July 20th to August 4th. This does not mean that McLeod will go to arbitration. A lot of times in these cases, they reach an agreement before it goes to arbitration, but still of note that uh, McLeod is on this list. Some other uh, names of note uh, here, Vince Dunn from Seattle. Uh, You got Tanner Janot from the uh, Lightning. Uh, You got uh, Ilya Samsonov with the Leafs. You got Troy Terry with the Ducks. Gabe Velarde now with the Winnipeg Jets, probably some of the more notables on that list, which does indeed include Ryan McLeod. Uh, Stingers play tonight. I got to admit, Derek Scott down the home, a little embarrassed, Derek. I misread the schedule, and I believe last night I said the Stingers were playing yesterday. It's today. Oh, okay. I was in some sort of a time warp. Anyway, it tips off a little (laughs) later. We should be able to get some of the scores, uh, at least early first quarter scores uh, on for you as we move along. I flipped the Blue Jays game on the television. It is pouring in Chicago. That's why they call it the Rainy City. Is that why? That's I think because of the is, rain. Is it the rainy city? I think Chicago's the rainy. No, city. I think it's the windy city. Oh, is it the windy city? It's windy. Oh, the wind blew in the rain. Well, there you go. <laughs> anyway, so first pitch delayed. Uh, start time TBD. So if that gets going, we will let you know. All right. So here's what I can tell you. As you've been hearing, first of all, it will be Taylor Cornelius. 
back as your starting quarterback for the Elks tomorrow after he was pulled in the loss to Toronto in week three and did not start the loss to Ottawa in week four. Jones commented on going back to Corny. I mean, he just needs to lead our football team. He needs to go out there and assert himself. He needs to be uh, confident in what he's doing and get back to some of the things that he was doing late last year. Is there the uh, I'm ticked off, I got pulled factor that well, could play in here, if you channel it right? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you, you'd have to ask him that. You know, I just know he's got a real determined look on his face. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been interesting watching him prepare this week. Both quarterbacks have, uh, you know, they've they've got that look in their eye, and they, you know, to, to prove somebody you know right or wrong so we uh like i said we just look forward to seeing what he brings hope taylor cornelius does well obviously i i've been critical of his play this season but i hope he turns it around you hope a week off a week to kind of take it in hopefully relax will help we'll see tomorrow night against saskatchewan he looked like he was coming along last season on, on a team that wasn't very good, certainly didn't have the receiving talent that this year's team has. And then he got that spleen injury, which I, I wonder if that is still lingering either physically or between the years. Um, starts with quarterback play, and and the Elks have not had it this season. Uh, they, they've had the inferior quarterback in every game that they have played. Like, again, not the only reason that they've lost, but it's it's been part of the tale, and you need that position to do a little better. Yes, they need the O-line to do a little better, and they certainly need the run game to do a lot better. Kevin Brown, a lot was expected from him. We were talking in the preseason about a 1-2 combination with Shannon Brooks. That has not really come to fruition. Brown with a couple of long runs this season. Brooks had an okay run in Ottawa, but we just haven't seen that. And then on the defensive side of the ball, it's kind of gotten worse each week for the Elks defense, especially against the run. And uh, they really got run over against the Ottawa Red Blacks. And Jones talked about the run game on both sides of the ball. The, the last part of, of both the last games in the fourth quarter, they've been able to, you know, control the clock and, and move the ball. And uh, early in the game, we've had some success defensively stopping the run, but we've uh, we've got to go for four quarters and uh, and put ourselves in a position to be in second and long. Uh, well, and that's, I mean, you mentioned the second down conversions. That's been another story for, for the Elks. They, they are often in second and long because they're either throwing in completions or getting short runs on first down and then not converting. And yes, defensively, uh, not stuffing enough plays to make it more difficult on the other team. It is Saskatchewan. Again, second of three meetings between these two teams. So, yes, it was back in week one at Commonwealth, 17-13 for the Riders. Low-scoring game. The Elks got that long bomb to Geno Lewis and didn't do much after that. And then they got a late interception by Niles Morgan, who I think we should point out. I'd like to point out the guys who are having good years as well. Niles Morgan has been very good for the Elks, and he leads the CFL in tackles. He's a good linebacker. He made the big interception. The Elks got a pass interference call down to the one, six minutes left. And 90 seconds later, they're leaving the one-yard line with no points. They got pushed back on the third play. They weren't even on the one-yard line by the time they turned over the ball. And then the Riders were able to finish off the game with that long drive, and they ran the ball most of the plays uh, on that drive. Another thing that Jones was referring to in the previous clip. Jones had this to say about facing Sask again. Yeah, I mean, it's a good place to play. It's fun fun to come here. The fans are really uh, into the game and that type of thing. It's a nice new venue and all, and so, uh, you know, it brings a lot of excitement. All right, so that is tomorrow on 6.30, Chet. 
It is 5.30 for the countdown to kickoff, and it is 7 o'clock for the start of the game. Morley Scott and Dave Campbell with the call. Escott hosting the countdown to kickoff. Blake Dermott, part of our broadcast, too. Looking to uh, hockey here for a second. Was telling you about the Oilers' development camp. We will have uh, Will Zapernick on the show a little bit later. He's uh, with the University of Vermont. Local guy. Played for the Sherwood Park Crusaders. Uh, caught up with him. Really cool story. So we'll get to that as we move along this evening. And I told you about Ryan McLeod going to salary arbitration. I, I want to f- isolate here a couple of interesting clips from last night's show. Gord Wilson, who's the analyst for Senators broadcasts on TSN 1200 in Ottawa. We had him on to talk about Connor Brown, and Wilson definitely thinks Brown will help the Oilers. Well, I think the bonus is he's a great teammate. I think he's extremely um, motivated as well, and he's also a former teammate of uh, Connor McDavid's. And from what I'm led to believe, and in fact, I heard Connor say this, uh, that uh, he was um, recruited by uh, McDavid. So um, uh, that's obviously welcoming news for somebody who's coming off major knee surgery. When you tear your anterior cruciate ligament, you've got uh, a ton of rehab to do. And um, to the medical community's credit, they have really, really changed things in terms of being able to get back on the saddle as quickly as possible. And to his credit, he's an extremely hardworking young man. So um, there's character coming out the yin-yang going to Edmonton from Connor Brown. All right, so a little bit there from Gord Wilson on Connor Brown, who also made special note of Brown's ability to kill penalties. He's a pretty good penalty killer, and he has the ability to score goals uh, as a penalty killer. So um, he was fun to watch, certainly in Ottawa, as one of those, and he made Ottawa's PK that much better. I don't think the Senators um, really wanted to lose him. They just kind of ran into, uh, again, financial difficulties with the cap and knew that he was probably going to want a lot more money following uh, not the 10-goal season, but the 21-goal season. So they made the move to trade and um, probably in the long run when you look at things and how things settled in probably in the long run regretted doing it regretted trading them because they made a couple of significant moves Nick Paul was another one who was uh, was cast aside or traded away and um, um, that didn't help matters either as far as the, the overall depth of the organization is concerned and that's the key here every team is looking for it and uh, you got depth in Connor Brown A lot of talk about the Oilers improving, rightfully so a lot of talk, about the Oilers improving defensively, allowing fewer goals. Yes, a lot of that will have to happen five on five. Hopefully a better season from Jack Campbell. The penalty kill can improve. It was below average last season, 20th in the NHL at 77%. You could maybe bump that up into the low 80s. Who knows? Maybe you're top 12 in the league and you shave off a few goals against that way as well. So hopefully Connor Brown can help in that regard. All right. Happy to hear from you this evening as well. 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can email the show, insidesports at 630ched.com. You can send me a message on Twitter if you still use it, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S is my handle. It's also my name. Well, my name isn't at Reed Wilkins, but you, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Derek Scott is in for Kellen Kennedy tonight down the hallway as our studio producer. Did Kellen go to this AEW? I believe so, what you, yes. What is that, Ad- Advanced Edmonton Wrestling? Uh, I think there's an elite in there somewhere. Advanced Maybe. Elite Wrestling. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty official. 
And I think I think he's got something to do with. Uh... I believe it's all elite wrestling. Okay. Oh, okay. Advanced sounds uh, better so, though. Somebody told me yesterday. Now maybe this can sort of be our off-topic topic. I'm not sure if this is true or not. As we know, Kellen Kennedy is the wrestling expert in our building. Oh, hands down, uh, absolutely. But somebody told me yesterday that AEW is almost or maybe is on par with WWE. Has it come that far? Boy, I don't know. I feel like I hear about it a lot more these days. Well, but they I have mean... Chris Jericho, who used to be in WWE. Yeah, well, that's a pretty big name. All right. Well, if somebody's going to the show, I think Brandon Escott was going as well. Oh, okay. Somebody, you can tell me, is it is it on par with the WWE? Does it do as well as as much as a spectacle? In do my they mind... have the good as good a roster? I don't know. I would say no. I would say no. I feel like the, the WWE, that's the big dance, you know? I think AEW, it's getting there. I feel like it's increasing in popularity, but I don't think it's as big yet. All right. Well, hopefully people can help us out. 7 yeah. We will get to some of your feedback. Uh, Dave Campbell has an Elks Riders preview. Mooner's going to hop on the show, too. It's Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. We're also going to have Tim Enger on the show with Football Alberta. They got a, a big event coming up, so he's going to fill us in on that. A lot of cool stuff to talk about this evening, including remarks from our loyal 14 listeners here to Inside Sports, 780-496-0063. Derek Scott, fire away. All right. Well, do we want to start Indiana Jones, or do we want to save that for later? Oh, we still have Indiana Jones movie reviews coming in. We got a couple. Yes, we do. Uh, let's, let's get those out of the yeah, way. Do, do them now quickly. Okay, sure. so read. Dial of Destiny was an hour too long. Instead of watching an adventure, it became a long journey, but it was better than Crystal Skull. Regards, Ken. Okay, which is good to know because Crystal Skull was quite underwhelming. Uh, so he said it was an hour too long. I'm yeah. checking the I'm checking the runtime now. I feel like it's two hours and change, maybe two and a half. It's 154 minutes, so that's basically two and a half hours. Yeah, okay. I, I, I have found that this is a bit really getting off on a, on an aside here. I enjoy films. I, I don't watch as much as I used to, but I, I really enjoy movies. I enjoy cinema. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy still the process of going to see a film in theater. Absolutely. It, it appears to me that the run times are increasing. That's true. As TV has become the best medium for visual storytelling. Um, you know, there have been so many great shows in the last 15 or 20 years. And for some reason, movies have gotten longer instead of gotten, getting tighter. Maybe that's to separate themselves from a... 60 or 70 minute episode of a TV show. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because you get these action pieces, you know, or they're, or they're paying for special effects, and they just think, to heck with it, let's just jam everything in. Who cares how long the movie is? Once we have people in the theater, we, we've got their money. Uh, but I, I agree. I think you could chop certainly off a two and a half hour movie. You think they could have tightened that up somewhere? You would think so. Are you planning to go see this movie or no? I'll probably see it. I'm off work next week. I will I will try to go see it. I'd still like to see it in the theater, yeah. even though I, my expectations are low. Yeah, there's something about going to the theater, but I'm the same way. I'm going to go and see it regardless. I loved all the other ones. You know, like you say, Crystal Skull wasn't the best, but the other ones, obviously classics. Yes. So. Got it. Well, there is one more here. Uh, Fearless adventure turns into frail old man who consistently cowers and makes mistakes while entitled spoiled guy or spoiled daughter saves him and patronizes him. And I approve that review as someone that loved the Indiana Jones movies. 
at what point do we just want to remember our heroes in their prime? Right? Maybe, maybe that's the question. I mean, Harrison Ford, literally, I, I don't think this is exagger- uh, exaggeration. He has literally had one of the biggest movie careers of all time. He Absolutely. Be, he would be one of the biggest. I mean, movies have been around for about a century. He would be one of the biggest movie stars ever. If you look at box office, if you look at consistency of performance, uh, you know, if, if you look at quality of his movies, all that kind of stuff. I agree. Stallone as well. So, but that's what I was saying yesterday. The, the first three Indiana Jones movies, there's your tale. Yeah. There's your trilogy. It's nice and tight. Do we need to, to keep adding on to it? Do we need to know what happened to the character after The Last Crusade? That's I right. I feel like most of us, we're fine with it. And if we wanted to watch an Indiana Jones movie, we didn't need a new one. We could go revisit the other ones for nostalgia. Exactly. And, and at the same time, I just I don't want to see a movie that's, you know, look how old he is. Look what he can't do anymore. I don't want to see him like that, you know? No, I, I have no problem with people acting or any career as long as they want. Of course. But... Yes, there is a certain uh, level of physical performance, I guess, that you associate with those types of roles. Okay, you got me on one of my yeah. passions here, talking about <laughs> sorry. movies and Indiana Jones. Well, that's uh, all we've got there. We've okay. got a few. We got some text yeah. about Connor Brown now. Those may be the only two people still listening. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, this one says, "Read four million's a lot for eight goals." I'm not sure Brown is the answer. Thanks, Doug. Is a lot for eight goals? That's what he says. Okay. Four million is a lot for eight goals. Okay. Well, well, there was a year when he had eight goals. Uh, Hunter Brown had eight goals in eighteen nineteen. And I, I now look, that was Doug. That was. I, I don't know if Doug was listening yesterday. I did bring that up that if we're going to acknowledge the twenty goal seasons, we have to acknowledge the couple of off years that he had mm-hmm. as well with Toronto. Fair comment. Do I think he can score more than eight if healthy uh, on this roster? I, I certainly can. But yes, I mean. It was, uh, what, five years ago, he did have an eight-goal season. Yep. All right, next one. Uh, Hey, Reed, I'm a little uneasy about the signing with his knee, but the chemistry he has with McDavid I am a fan of. P.S. I tried to qualify for the ATB Financial Classic last Monday, and the start was not good, but at about the eighth hole, I started to really find my, quote, competitive golf groove again. After about a year off from competitive golf, feeling pretty good, heading into the next event. That's from Logan, Reed's favorite professional golfer. Yes, Logan is my favorite professional golfer. (laughs) He listens and, and writes into the show regularly. Uh, I, I can't I, again first of all I'm glad he tried to qualify for the tournament he can't argue with that coming back from a knee injury there's always a little bit of fear and Ken Holland said that in his availability on Saturday that he thinks it'll probably take Connor Brown a little bit of time to get off uh, up to speed he's not expecting peak Connor Brown right at the start of the season and that, that might frustrate fans for sure and he, and he only has to play 10 games to get that $4 million, too. Yeah, boy, it's just got to hang in there. Uh, how about this one? Uh, don't get the fans who are questioning the Connor Brown signing. Granted, the cap situation isn't great, but we've saying it's win-now mode. This move does exactly that. Holland is going for it. No more waiting for next season. Perry. It is win-now mode. Uh, I, I think Perry is referencing with, with the cap that, yes, the $3.225 million from the bonus will go on the cap next year. Will Ken Holland even be the GM of the team to have to deal with that? If the Oilers win a cup, will people care if they're in cap hill, hell next year? Uh-huh. I don't know. I guess those are questions to be answered yeah. if that happens. But, I, look, I, I do think Holland has made several moves indicating that he knows it's win-now mode. I mean, first-round picks 
have been traded. Reed Schaefer was a first-round pick. He was traded. I, I don't think Holland has made any – what, what's his line that we're going to be referring to for years? He doesn't invest in green bananas. Exactly, and a great line at that. Uh, have we got time for one more? We do. We're, yeah, we had a minute and a half, right? Yeah, yeah let's do this. Uh, let me get this straight. The Oilers have trouble defending, so they go out and sign a 20-goal scorer. This team can score at an incredible clip without Connor Brown. It'll be nice to see them light up bad teams, but what about keeping the puck out of their own net against good teams? I don't see how Connor Brown helps that. Ken Holland misses the boat again. Terry in a library. All right. Well, hopefully Terry was very quiet when he sent in that message. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I get that. And, yeah, they get scored on too much Mm -hmm. to be a a championship team right now, the way it's gone. And I do believe they were very, very close this year. And... If, and this is one of the themes Rob and I talked about after they were eliminated. They they didn't play sturdy enough in front of their own net. Maybe part of that was the defensive system they were playing. I understand that sentiment. Uh, you're going to need a couple defensemen probably to play not probably to play better than they did last year, and and hopefully Jack Campbell does a better job in net. But I understand what he's saying. What, why is the priority signing somebody to round out the top six when you already led the league in goals this past season and have a historic power play, which this player will not be participating in? So, good remarks there from everybody. We'll get to more as we roll along. 780-496-0063. Dave Campbell is in Regina. We'll see what's up for the Elks and the Riders tomorrow.